old bloke goes gigging. If you look up the word gigging, it says that it's about singing or playing with different bands in different venues, then moving on. Nah, wrong. Certainly up here. It means an artist playing music in different venues over a period of time. People will say to me, you've got a lot of gigs on this month, Paul. It just means that I've got a lot of work on that month, that's all. That's what I do for a living these days. And at 58, I still love it. Why? I'm often asked. Well, that's a tough one. Why would I want to go out on a Saturday night and play in a pub in the depths of Glasgow with, let's face it, one of the most discerning audiences this side of Hades? The Glasgow Empire was renowned for its tough audiences. Big stars used to limp off stage in tears. They'll just tell you your crap if you are. It doesn't matter if you've had a number one record or been in the telly. Glasgow people are honest. Sometimes brutally honest. But they are also out for a good time. There's nothing better than a packed pub with people dancing and singing along at the top of their lungs. If they love you, they'll tell you that too. Why? I sometimes even ask myself, would I want to balance in a puddle of pish, trying to keep out of the road of half-cut punters while I change into my stage gear? Topless, my good shirt gripped between my knees and my t-shirt draped over a urinal as I do a crazy balancing act in an attempt to avoid anything falling onto the floor. Why would I want to start work at 9.30 at night and not finish to the early hours, often driving home on deserted roads, still sweating, knackered and hoarse? You see, it all starts in the afternoon of a gig, when I make sure I've charged all my stuff, iPads, tuners, wireless guitar leads, and then it's over to the garage to lift my speakers, amps, stands and leads into the car. Then it's off to the gig itself, where I unload, set up, and then cut back to the toilet scene again I just mentioned. Once the posh shirt has been donned, it's kick-off time. But it's not as easy as that. Usually the pub is busy and the staff run off their feet, have forgotten to turn off the football or the music and you're trying to get someone's attention. Then, in the darkness, you hope everything, the leads, the amps, the speakers, are all going to work. There's nothing worse than a blast of crazy feedback to start a set. The whole pub grimaces and gives you the evil eye. Oof, what a start. You know you checked all the levels before you got changed and everything was loud and clear and balanced. But as soon as you switch your mic on again, the gremlins have been in. It's all changed. Bang, off goes the feedback. Thankfully that doesn't happen too much these days. Then you look at the faces. Of the audience that is. Sense the mood and pick the right song to start with. Fast, slow, bluesy, rocky, mellow, and you're off. Your voice sometimes takes a few seconds to settle. And then, as soon as you're on a roll... One song starts feeding off the next. That one got a big clap, so let's do more of him or her or them. People are nodding away. A hen party begins jiving all around you. The old regular at the bar, who's been looking at you in a kind of go-ahead bow, impress me, gives you a wee nod of approval. A girl, maybe a few wines ahead of the pack, draws you close during a song. While you're singing and playing, and spits a request in your ear for some song you know you don't play. Then she tries to kiss you as her pals attempt to drag her away. Drink's a terrible thing. Now, that might sound like fun, but it's more of a challenge. Luckily, 
my better half, who really comes to gigs anyway, I mean, she's seen and heard it all before, usually laughs these things off. You know, she usually shouts something like, You're welcome to him, wire in, or see me you trouble later on. You can pick his other pants up and put them in the bin. Ah, it's nice to be loved. You're in the middle of a solo, and someone crashes to the ground in the midst of the revelry, and knocks your only drink over your 500 quid foot pedal. One time, during a pretty posh wedding actually, you know, with kilts and stuff, a girl came up to me between songs and said that her boyfriend wanted to get up and play my guitar. You know, the one I saved up for for two years and it's worth about three grand. I look at him and it's plain that he has three sheets to the wind. So I say, sorry hen, not tonight, I have to push on. I say it in a nice apologetic way like, you know, but she turns away and I think nothing more of it, I push on. Anyway, during the next song, she comes up to the stage again, but this time she presses a skein do against my throat, that's a wee knife by the way, and says, my boyfriend's playing okay. <laughs> Needless to say, I pulled her in close and whispered a few sweet nothings that I couldn't possibly repeat here into her lovely wee ear. She backed away and that was that. But that, my loyal listeners, is what you can be up against. Of course, most people, or punters as us musos call them, are lovely, appreciative, complimentary, and just out to enjoy the music. Things don't always go to plan though. I mean, strings break mid-solo, mics cut out, or the gremlins just play with your head and you think things are not going well. This happens to so many musicians I know, even if they deny it. The place is quieter than expected. Oh no! The barman says... I have never seen it as deed as this, son. So you're convinced that it's you? Oh no, I must be shit after all. Forty years of playing and the paranoia is still there. And the more you think that way, the emptier it seems to get. But you know, people don't always have the money to go out. Lots of people are quite content drinking wine and watching Strictly. It's a month end. It's come up to Christmas. They've just come back for a holiday and they're skint. It's sober friggin' October. It might even be the kind of place people go to before disappearing off to the late night clubs. There are a zillion reasons for a quieter crowd. But thankfully, you get the crazy good ones too, where you can't get off stage and they just want you to party and party until you and them drop. There's also the banter, the new people you get to meet, and of course the roadies. I've two at the moment, young John, who's collecting his state pension already, and the Grandmaster. Those who have read my book, Old Bloke Goes Running, will know him. Pals, these are, who fancy a wee night away from the Strictly or the X Factor and a wee time to enjoy the music. They lift a few speakers, to be fair, and have a few drinks and watch the world go by all at the same time. It's a win-win-win, I hope. Finally, I have to confess that I genuinely love playing, although the actual word should be working. Whenever my better half says, are you playing this weekend? What she really means is, are you working hard? Don't you, hen? Anyway, you see, I love that drive home after a gig. I'm probably addicted to it. I've been doing it for so long. You're knackered, but the adrenaline is still pumping. It's 1am, but you have money in your pocket. And a whole bunch of people have made each other happy. I'm at a show off, probably. I've been singing live since I was eight. Is this old bloke going to stop any time soon? 
Not if I can help it. As a wee reminder, the current book, Old Bloke Goes Running, is now available in paperback via Amazon, or from your local bookshop, or from your library, or on Audible, or Kindle. If you want a signed and dedicated copy, get it straight from my website, all the W's, paulmurdoch.co.uk. If you're local to Alexandria, get it down the Vale. The book is stocked by the Loch Lomond Craft Centre in Mitchell Way. You can contact me via my website too. Thanks for listening, guys, and ciao for now.